Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. Hopefully you're... Philip's fast, in other words, Advent, for those of the Latin rite. Your Philip's fast is going well. In other words, you're fasting, at least on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Strict fast, and then a little bit lighter fast in between. And you're also replacing those, I call them stepping back, the pulling back, emptying out, making room for other things that are better for us, like prayer, silence, quiet, cleaning house, physically, spiritually. But I know at the same time, you can't help it, but your thoughts are on shopping, gift-giving. It's okay. You just got to keep it in perspective. And to help you do that, we have a special guest today, a good friend of ours here at Light of the East. He is going to help you to do some real Christmas shopping. We welcome to Light of the East, Jack Fingal. Jack, glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever, Father Tom. Good to be with you again. Yeah, always good to have you here. So you heard what I said, I believe, that uh, you're going to help us shop for Christmas, some real shopping. And you've got some very special gift items to suggest to people. Yes. As you are uh, well aware, uh, over the last 10 years, we've sponsored three concert tours with choirs from Eastern Europe going around to various parishes uh, in the United States. And on every one of those trips, we've uh, recorded a special album of Christmas carols in the old church Slavonic language and the ethnic language of the Carpathian Mountains that you and I, Father, both come from. And um, those uh, recordings in CD form as well as a DVD are available now on our website for special Christmas shopping, the OLTV catalog that's on the website, olfoundation.net. And uh, so if you're looking for... uh, some very special music to listen to in the car or to have around your house as you're preparing your Holy Supper or just getting in the mood, as you say, for Philip's Fast, for uh, the celebration of the Nativity. These are some wonderful music collections to have around the house, as well as to use as, as gifts to people that you don't know what else to get. 
<laughs> they're, they're fairly unique, and not many people have them. It's it's once again it's olfoundation.net. That's right. That's right. And and, the, and these will be in the featured page uh, because of the season of of uh, Christmas coming up. So uh, they'll they'll be uh, featured on the website. So you just go to the website main page, and across the top, there's the word featured, and we'll have all the Christmas albums featured there. And what else have you got? Well, in terms of uh, book projects, we have sort of our our normal collection of things for children, coloring books of icons, prayer books for young children, educational materials. But uh, we also, for the adults, although Philip's class has already started, we have a special book called 40 Steps to Bethlehem Hmm. by a laywoman by the name of Marianne Salis. And it's a daily reflection for the Phillips Fast uh, leading up to the Nativity. It's a lovely little collection of things to do sort of every day. It follows in her series of um, having something to read and reflect on while you're having your morning coffee. She's written (laughs) three other large volumes that are for a whole year with sort of catchy titles. The first one was called Java with Jesus. <laughs> and then the second one was called Latte with the Lord. And the third was called Cappuccino with Christ. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and, and for the spring, the month of May, so to speak, or whenever in the year you wish to use it, uh, she wrote one uh, for our devotion to Mary, the Mother of God, called Tea with the Theotokos. <laughs> and where can people get these? These are on our book publishing website called ecpubs.com. That's www.ecpubs for Eastern Christian Publications.com. And again, there'll be a featured page with all of the printed materials that are you know best for Christmas gifts. And for those of you who may be listening, maybe for the first time or don't listen that often, Jack Figo, you do represent Eastern Christian Publications, right, Jack? That, that's one of your, your main... What yes, are your main right. activities? I, I founded Eastern Christian Publications uh, now some, let's see, 1993. So uh, over 25 years of publishing uh, books for the Eastern churches. We also provide the Sunday bulletin covers that everyone uses for their announcements and schedules. And then we've branched out over the last five years into a monthly magazine called Theosis, daily email prayers, and a smartphone app with spiritual reflections, and daily prayers according to the Byzantine Catholic calendar. And they're very manageable, aren't they? Like the the uh, you know the Byzantine Divine Office, of course, is very rich and so on, but, but what you have on there is very manageable for like a working person, that person on the train or the subway or on their way to work. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, because they're electronic, you don't need to have the library of books that would uh, normally be needed. And we insert the changeable parts so you actually can follow the the correct prayers for each saint of the day or the season or the feast day and either pull it up on your phone or bring it up on a tablet or whatever. Uh, And we have two or three sort of levels of detail. We have the basic changeable parts. If you only have three or four minutes, you can just look at those and pray a few minutes on the subway or on on the bus. If you have a little more time, we have a a reader service or uh, a simplified form of daily vespers and the hours through the day. And then we have the full, complete version, uh, for instance, for clergy with all the prayers and all the litanies that uh, a cleric would use in their uh, daily prayer life as well. And again, all this is attainable from ecpubs.com? That's right. Yeah, the the, uh, smartphone, actually, the smartphone app is available to download from Google Play or the Apple Store. And then the prayer service, you can subscribe. Uh, There's an electronic subscription category of products on our website. 
where you can sign up for those for the hours and for daily vespers. To sign up, they're all for free uh, to get everyone to use them, but we ask those who can afford it or who'd like to use it to offer uh, a monthly stipend to help cover our, our cost of uh, the work we do. You know, Jack, you mentioned about having these prayers on your smartphone. It's funny, I have to laugh as a pastor because in our church traditionally, the cantor is always known. You can always identify the cantor when he's coming at church because he's got his personal library under his arm of chant books. But now I see some of our cantors standing there with their Kindle, just kind of swiping their Kindle. There's a Latin app out there called iBrevery that has the Latin form of the daily office. And in fact, uh, uh, related back to your diocese father, uh, your bishop, Bishop Milan Locke, when he was in Washington a few months ago visiting, he was using his phone to pray in Slovak from the website that the Slovaks have with the daily office. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure Romanus the Melodist or St. Ephraim would be very impressed. <laughs> yes, that's right, that's right. All their texts are now in the palm of your hand, literally. <laughs> they could have never dreamt of anything like that. That to them would be heaven, you know? Oh, yes, yes. Well, and, and I think it's important because this way younger generations can still keep the tradition. Yes. But they can be reached from the church through modern technology. I, I liken it to what icons were a thousand years ago for people, yes. where they learned their faith from the visual images. We have to you know, provide the same information and prayer resources and educational resources to younger folks where they are and, and what they use to communicate. I, I'm sure, Jack. I'm sure I, I, I agree with you 100%. In fact, I often think of St. Paul. You know, St. Paul was the quintessential evangelizer, and he desired so much to go to Rome because he knew that that would be his biggest platform. And I'm sure if he was around today, he would want to be on the radio and in media, just as you are, to have that platform to get the gospel out. So yeah, we do have to keep up with the different methods of communicating the gospel, the good news, and evangelizing. Now, there's something really special that could be put under someone's Christmas tree that I think you have in store for us, don't you, Jack? Well, yeah, for those who might be interested in a little bit of a travel, we're announcing a third Light of the East ecumenical pilgrimage for next July, July of 2019. And uh, Father Tom, as you were on the first one with us, it's appropriate that we announce this on your radio show. Light of the East 3 would be a great gift or a great gift to yourself to go on this pilgrimage. And this is going to be even more special, I think, than the, the, the last two that we've we've had. Really? Because uh, I was on those. Go for two weeks, my <laughs> 10th to the 25th, to the three holiest cities in the Christian world. We're going to start with three days in Constantinople, the home of the Byzantine Empire, and visit the churches there. And we have already a confirmed audience private meeting with Patriarch Bartholomew, the head of the Orthodox Church. We will then go to um, the Holy Land and spend eight days visiting the places where Jesus walked, where he was born, where he was crucified, and we will be escorted by Patriarch Emeritus Gregorius of the Melkite Greek Catholic Church on our journey in the Holy Land, and we'll be staying literally blocks from the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in the Melkite Guest House. And then we will wrap up our trip uh, with two days in Rome, and since I've been able to do it the last two trips, I would expect that we'll have some sort of a, a personal meeting or face-to-face meeting with Pope Francis. Incredible. That's All in one trip. Constantinople, the Holy Lands, and Rome. Yes. In one trip. <laughs> and how do we find out more about this? 
they can call our office, 703-691-8862, look at our olfoundation.net website, or if they wish to go ahead and sign up and register, they can call the travel agent that's doing all the bookings. That's George's International, located in San Diego, and their 800 number is, of course, 1-800-566-7499, and request a detailed brochure uh, or to get further information. And what was the website again? OLFoundation.net. The travel agent website is georgesintl.com. When we come back, we're going to talk more with our special guest, Jack Fingal, about wonderful Christmas gifts, very special ones, but also why they are special and what's going on with the churches in the eastern lung of the church. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Father Loya invites you to see the new Tabor Life website. That's taborlife.org. When you land on the homepage, you can see how Tabor Life can help improve your marriage, your life, and how to see the beauty of God's created order in your personal life. On TaborLife.org, you can book Father Loya to speak to your organization about the key elements of leadership, relationships, and sexuality, as well as speak on cultural, social, and political issues. As a renowned artist, Father Loya can speak about how art, liturgy, and prayer fit together. On TaborLife.org, you can see the many ways of how you can communicate with us. And as you look to the lower right-hand corner of the page, Click on the messenger icon for live chat. And finally, Taper Life Institute is a 5013C charitable organization that earnestly needs your support. Click on the support link at the top of the page and donate. After all, Taper Life is powered by you. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Welcome back to Light of the East. I am your host, Father Thomas Loya. Our special guest today, as we look towards Christmas coming up, I reminded you at the beginning of the program, of course, that we are still in the Phillips Fast, but I know that you're thinking of shopping too. And our special guest is helping us with that with some very special Eastern Christian type gifts. He is Jack Fingal, one of our great, great friends here at Light of the East, and he is with Eastern Christian Publications and also the Oriental Lumen Conferences and Trips. And that is one of the nicest things you could have on your Christmas tree is the trip to three of the most important Christian cities and biblical cities in the world. And Jack, that's a great, great gift. Tell us one more time about that and where people can find out about it. Sure. Uh, it's a... Uh being called Light of the East 3. It's our third ecumenical pilgrimage. We'll be going for three days to Constantinople or Istanbul, Turkey, uh, visiting churches and having a private audience with ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew. We'll then go to the Holy Land for about eight days and visit all the famous uh, religious sites there with Patriarch Emeritus Gregorius of the Melkite Greek Catholic Church. And then two days in Rome, 
uh, all the major cities and probably a private or general audience uh, meeting Pope Francis to wrap up our trip. Further details can be uh, found on our website, olfoundation.net, or they can call our office, 703-691-8862, to get a flyer and a detailed brochure with the itinerary, or call the travel agent directly, which is 800-566-7499. Well, Jack, speaking of places around the world, you're always in touch with what's happening around the world, especially in the Eastern churches. And there's been something, I mentioned here in the Light of the East, but it really deserves a, a lot of laser focus because it's, it's a huge event. It's a, it's a huge issue that's been unfolding, and that is the developments and tensions, whichever you want to call it, between the churches in Russia and in Ukraine. And this is a tension between, not only that, not only between Russia and Ukraine, but also with Patriarch Bartholomew of the Greek Orthodox Church, which is centered actually now in what is today modern-day Istanbul, Turkey. So tell us about what's going on. In fact, try to make it as simple as possible, Jack, because like everything else in the Eastern churches, it's very rich and complex. (laughs) Well, uh, the the players involved uh, in the controversy and the developments of just the last few weeks um, are the three Orthodox jurisdictions in the country of Ukraine. Uh, The first and largest is called the Ukrainian Orthodox Church of the Moscow Patriarchate, and they are the canonically recognized Orthodox Church in Ukraine that participates in the Synod of the Moscow Patriarchate of the Russian Orthodox Church. And so they are very closely aligned and um, merged, if you will. Uh, they, they claim some autocephaly to act on their own, but they fully participate in the Synod uh, and in the decisions uh, of the, the Moscow Patriarchate uh, of Russia. So their, their patriarch is not Ukrainian. He, it's the Moscow Patriarch. That's right. Their patriarch or the head of their church uh, sort of the ultimate uh, head is um, Patriarch Kirill mm-hmm. in Moscow. They have a Metropolitan Onofri, who is the leader in Kiev itself uh, within Ukraine, uh, but he and his other bishops are members of the Synod of the Russian Orthodox Church uh, and do not have complete autonomy. They, they do some of their own self-governing, but they were really very, very closely tied to the Moscow Patriarchate, and that's because of historical reasons over the, over the years. Okay, and the, and the others. Then there is another large uh, Ukrainian Orthodox Church called the Kievan Patriarchate, as in Kiev, that split off from the Moscow Patriarchate when Ukraine became independent from Russia after the fall of communism in the late 1980s and around 1990. That is led by, he was calling himself Patriarch Filaret, Denisenko is his name, and that group is almost as large as the Moscow Patriarchate. They're, they're not quite the same, but, but Kiev, the Kievan Patriarchate is almost as large. But because they split off, they were uh, considered uncanonical and schismatics by the rest of the Orthodox churches around the world. Then there is a third small group that calls themselves the Autocephalous Orthodox Church of Ukraine, and they only represent about 5% of the country. So you have these, these three different jurisdictions that are not in communion with each other, and only the Moscow Patriarchate group is in communion and recognized by the rest of the Orthodox world in terms of uh, uh, their canonical status. So those are the three groups, the one closely connected to Russia 
and the other two that are much more independent and want to be independent and separate from Russia. Over the years, there have been various discussions and hopes that those three groups might be unified so that those who were outside of orthodoxy could be brought back in and everyone would be unified under a single Kiev church. That was especially the dream of our good friend, Archbishop Sevalot of Scopolis, of blessed memory, who was the archbishop here in America, in fact, there in Chicago, where you are, Father Tom, and he passed away four or five years ago. He had a dream that Orthodox Church in Ukraine would be united, and then even longer term would be united with the Ukrainian Greek Catholic Church, because they all celebrate and have the same faith. Now, the, the dream to get these churches together, that would be then under the name of Ukrainian, right? In other words, yes, the, the, the idea the, would be that they would become their own independent Ukrainian Orthodox Church. Um, what's happened significantly is within the last few weeks, couple of months, there have been a lot of overtures and discussions with ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew and uh, the Kevin patriarchate representatives to uh, unify the Orthodox within Ukraine under a single jurisdiction. Uh, ecumenical patriarch Bartholomew, in fact, selected two North American bishops Archbishop Daniel here in America and uh, Archbishop Ilarion of Canada, who are Ukrainian Orthodox here in, in North America, to be his special exarchs into Kiev to try to bring all of the different groups together. And as we speak, uh, there is a unification council being held to hopefully come up with a group of bishops that would then be, be formed. Uh, they would elect a leader who would then be proclaimed patriarch, and Constantinople, the mother church of all the Orthodox, would proclaim them as an autonomous, independent church for all of Ukraine, uh, separate from Moscow. There's many issues here, as it's actually multi-layer. We actually need several programs to, to sift through this. But one of the issues, Jack, is that the issue of does Patriarch Bartholomew, who is the patriarch of the Greek Orthodox Church and centered in now Istanbul, used to be Constantinople, does he have the jurisdiction to do this? I think that's part of the questions. That's right. And and Moscow and, and the Orthodox in Ukraine who are part of the Moscow Patriarchate would claim that he does not. But by tradition, the autocephalous churches around the world, for instance, in the Czech and Slovak lands, the Orthodox Church of Poland, the Orthodox Church of Bulgaria, the Serbian Church, the Romanian Church, those have all been granted autocephaly from Constantinople through the centuries. And so, historically, Constantinople was the first among equals, and given the authorization by various councils and synods to give this autonomous authority and create these independent churches that make up the family of Orthodox churches around the world. Now, actually, Jack, for your church, my church, the Ruthenian Byzantine Catholic Church, he, he would actually be our patriarch too, wouldn't he, if we were all in union with each other? Well, and, and even more importantly, even more so than, than the, the folks around Kiev and what, what I, would, I refer to as the Galicians, north of the Carpathian Mountains, they were Christianized through St. Vladimir, Mm-hmm. in 988 in Kiev. But our Christianity of the Carpathian Mountains, we trace back historically to Cyril Methodius of a hundred years before that, and they were missionaries from Constantinople going into Moravia. So, yes, Cyril Methodius were legates of Constantinople, so uh, Patriarch Bartholomew, if we had not reunited with the Catholic Church, would be our patriarch. Why is the Russian Orthodox Church very upset about this? 
Well, they feel that Kiev is part of their jurisdiction. Uh, in terms of numbers, who the, the Orthodox who are in Ukraine make up 30 to 40 percent of the Russian Orthodox Church total. And if they were granted autocephaly or, or their own church jurisdiction, and all of these groups uh, in Ukraine became part of that church and left Moscow, Moscow's authority and prestige with amongst the Orthodox churches would decline uh, considerably. They, they might lose as much as 40% of their numbers of, of faithful and parishes and bishops. And so their prestige would be diminished, Constantinople would increase, and so you've got a friction there between the Russians and the Greeks. Well, we're going to wrap it up here soon here, Jack, but just one last point is that uh, when we understand the Russian Orthodox Church, we have to understand it in terms of its connection with, well, I'll, I'll say the politics of, of Russia, correct? Yes, yes. I think uh, it's safe to say, although people in the CIA and State Department around here in Washington might know more different or, or more details, it's my belief that the Russian Orthodox Church and the Russian government are, are working very closely together. Uh, and the Russian Orthodox Church's building and expansion, I believe, is being financed by money from the Russian government. So this has a lot of implications to it, not just within the church, but even beyond. Well, and it also involves the Ecumenical Patriarchate and his existence within the country of Turkey. Yes. Who is both a NATO ally of the United States, but also has close relationships with Russia. So there are indeed geopolitical uh, overtones to this whole issue, even though it really just focuses on bringing the Orthodox in Ukraine back into one church. Fascinating, Jack. Thanks so much for offering us these insights and also for these great gifts for a real Christmas shopping effort. Once again, Jack Fiegel, our guest from Eastern Christian Publications. That's ecpubs.com. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for being here, Jack. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit byzantinecatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit byzantinecatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.